Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment, and as usual, I must take time to first welcome our guests, because I personally feel that the commodities by which they're coming with and they're bringing is very priceless, and I just want to stop and thank them for it, because I know um, how precious it is. First, time. Thank you so much, uh, Jelena, for time your precious time that you have chosen to come and spend with us. The second is your journey that houses much pain, much beauty. All of you that created you was housed within that. And I want to thank you for coming and just sharing a little with us so that we can get to know you at a different level and that we may partake of your wisdom so that we can become better human spirits while we're here on this planet. Thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you so much, Ken. I'm really grateful to be here. And yeah, I feel like we connected so quickly and I'm just very excited about this conversation today. Likewise, tell the people those things that you have given birth to. As I've said it many times, um, we go through our journey to give birth to a few things. Tell them about all those things that you have delivered so far. Sure. Uh, I'm currently running a business called And Also. Um, the main teaching of And Also is that we are not meant to be one thing. We are not meant to experience uh, life in black and white, that we are uh, we can be multi-passionate, multi-dimensional beings doing it all. So part of um, that business is um, helping people navigate change through human design. Um, another part of it is uh, mindset training. So actually uh, combining different principles of psychology um, and different modalities to navigate change. Um, I'm also a yoga uh, teacher, so um and really, um, the idea of and also is combining different modalities. So it's yoga and also breath and also human design and also uh, mindset. And all of this combines really in all tools to explore yourself. So that's what I'm currently working on. In the true spirit of and also, I'm also consulting uh, financial technology companies, uh, which has been my past experience. So I decided to... Uh, leverage that and still offer it again in with this uh, still on brand of not having to choose which one to do but being able to um, endeavor uh, multiple passions of mine and um, yeah so I also run workshops but all of it is very intuitive and all of it combines um, a multitude of tools uh, with one aim to really tune into yourself and your inner wisdom and your intuition, whichever tool speaks to that person in the, in that time. Um, so yeah, the aim is really just to get to know yourself better by tuning out the noise, using different modalities to get to know yourself better. That is a powerful vision and a powerful thing that you do, the service that you provide. And I think um, to bring someone to a place of self-realization or awakening, if you will, is an honorable and one of the highest form by which we can serve each other. Um, we like to talk about the past, the reason why I want to go back into that area 
as to when you were developed, because I believe usually series of things happen there that causes you and I as human beings to make internal decisions that will guide our lives, that will form our perception of our space and how we relate to people. And I call the first location by which we land the lab. Some other people call it family. So talk to me about your family and what was that like when you were growing up and with your siblings, if any, and your parents, what was that like? Uh, so I was born and raised in Latvia. Actually, when I was born, it was still USSR, so Soviet Union, communism. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a sister and um, very loving parents um, and uh, grandparents. So I grew up in love, um, however, um, with an alcoholic father. Um, so it was... Um, it was a combination of things. So first of all, love and stability of a family. However, instability of the structure that I was born into uh, on a larger cultural scale and also instability of a parent who is dealing with addiction. So whilst I knew love and I was Mm -hmm. surrounded by it, there was a lot of things that were constantly moving. It was a little bit like growing up on on the top of a volcano that's about to erupt. You never know what's going to happen. So when I was two, um, the Soviet Union collapsed and my parents started working really, really hard to provide. So we were, um, uh, me and my sister were growing up, um, seeing our parents work so hard in order to provide because they knew scarcity. They knew what it is like not to have any food on the table. So the the work ethic that was put put into us is uh, something that's really people from that side of the world experience having having this conditioning that, yeah, right now you have food, but tomorrow there's not going to be anything on the shelf. So eat while you can. So that really put very, very strong ambition to me to work hard, um, which we'll get to, uh, later to it, but also led to my burnout um, when I was uh, older. So, yeah, it, it was it was a very loving family. We loved each other and we were very loyal. My parents are still together. And, and also there was this point where... Um, Day to day, there was no stability and security apart from each other, but also, um, yeah, that that gave extra nervousness knowing that everything in life can just collapse any minute. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe there there is a tendency of holding on to things a little bit too tightly and trying to control them um, a little bit too strongly um, just in case something might yeah. change tomorrow. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And this is why I love doing... Um, going back into our childhood because things happen there. And when they do, that young person interprets the incident or the surrounding. And as we, based on that interpretation as a young uh, individual, we then begin to, um, uh, if you will, it lands, that seed grows in. And that thought that is uh, replaying and it uh, it's there in a way to give birth to this person. But later on, as you said, as you get older, you realize that it cannot serve me anymore. And that is where the dance comes, where we have to learn how to now uh, let it go and move forward. So here it is, this young uh, woman experienced this young girl within the midst of uh, a major change in the entire culture of your country, and what it did to your mom and dad and causing them to work hard and you watching this interaction. How did you guys manage and as you move forward in your life? Um, did you stay there? Did you move on uh, before you went into school? How was that type of uh, migration, if you will, um, from a young girl into the space of the school? Um, yeah, actually, when I was born, it was a uh, one-bedroom apartment with my uh, grandma, uh, grandfather, mom, dad, me, and my sister. So six of us in a one-bedroom apartment. So that's wow. what I was born into, a very tight <laughs> setting. Um, 
and then uh, yeah since uh, when when maybe i was five um uh, we had the opportunity to move out of that one apartment and uh yeah the four of us uh, my sister and my parents uh we had a separate flat so even that like little things it was still a one bedroom flat but it was just mm-hmm. for four of us it felt like luxury so i think that taught me to appreciate just anything that that is given so yeah and uh going to school I, it really propelled me to excel um, to um, to to do my best no matter what, um, and also uh, my um, origins. So my grandparents are actually Russian, and there is another layer of cultural difference between mm-hmm. um, Latvians and Russians born yes. in Latvia. So, and there was another competition there between myself. Uh, yeah. And in my head, others, which probably yeah. wasn't that, that true, but that as a Russian kid in Latvian school, just after the you know, Soviet Union collapse, I had to prove myself that I'm worthy to be there, to be in Latvian school, to know the language, to really get uh, familiar with the local culture in a different way now, and that I'm part of it. So this kind of um, really propelled me to belong to mm-hmm. to to community in Latvian school that I'm not different just because my roots are Russian, because there was a lot of, um, yeah, there was still a lot of, not racism, but there was, um, yeah, judgment if your background... Cultural interplay, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much. That's exactly the, the word I was looking for. So, yeah. yeah. And so since then... Um, yeah, I really wanted to prove myself as a good student, mm. as uh, um, as someone who can blend into any environment, and I'm part of it. So that was me entering school times. Wow, that's a lot of um, pressure, if you will, that began to um, that you began to uh, dress yourself in, if you wish. Um, you began to clothe yourself with, and learning how to manage and and move through that. Um, and I could see it. I can understand why, because of the major changes and the fact that you wanted to belong to and not to be um, judged different than. So here you are in the midst of this, and I could see your <laughs> the, the personality in you beginning to form where you are this working, uh, where you work, Ethics are developing within you. You said it walked you through into life, and you you talk about burnout, and we're going to talk about it later. I could see now where this is coming from, if you wish. So here you are. You are doing as you are, beginning to uh, give birth to this uh, girl. How did this young girl now? Um, she is now taking all this pressure and internalizing things as she's moving through. How did you uh, uh, manage when you began to grow? And did you feel at any time comfortable where you were able to relax, if you will, being in that pressure cooker as you um, were describing? Yeah, actually, my school years, I know they're difficult for many people, but for me, I was flowing through them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Studies were easy. I had friends. I felt like I really belonged. I managed to express myself in a way that was well-received. And, yeah, it it was quite uh, really, like, I have very fond memories of my school years. Um, But also... Now, looking back, hindsight has 20-20 vision, right? So I look yeah. back that what, what I was striving for is to be normal and to yeah. be like really still that that need to be accepted was so prominent that um, like fitting within a certain norm and not be trying to prove yourself as uh, one of the rest of uh, yeah. friends and just being part of the gang was so important that there was not really any dif- uh, differences between all of us. We were all very, very similar. We were mm-hmm. doing the same thing. We were into the same things. And uh, that pressure really went on 
to uh, to my later years, where I still wanted to be be within the norm and then just be a little bit better, but yeah. not in a different way, just like everyone else, but just a tiny bit better if I can. That is fascinating. I'm seeing um, as you're you're uh, describing your life, I see a beautiful thread beginning to form in the making of you. And uh, you, uh, when we first started the conversation, you had talked about when that change happened within the country, the the, um, the breakup of the country, and you were now a part of this country, how you were trying to fit in, learning and adapting and all that stuff. And you could see the formulation of that behavior and mindset as you're describing your progression, if you will, in your life. How was high school... You, how was high school and dealing with that aspect of growing up in your life when you are beginning to uh, become a young woman? And um, how were your, uh, your belief system being formed when you were in that situation? Um, yeah, actually, just to backtrack a little bit on uh, um, being born into communism, there was a saying in communism that everyone in Soviet Union is equal just some people are a little bit more equal so it's uh <laughs> it, it's really it was really kind of also uh we all have to stick to the same manner of doing things but if you yeah. excel within the norm that's where you mm-hmm. want to be you don't want to be outside that box that's exactly if you are going to be doing something great do it within that box don't go anywhere else so i wow. think that was really uh something that i really picked up <laughs> since childhood and carried throughout um yeah, even into my adult life until a certain point. But high school, that's where I started to realize that actually Latvia was becoming very small for me. I started mm-hmm. to get curious. I was very privileged to be able to uh, to start traveling in my teenage years. My my father, as I mentioned before, started working so hard, so he was able to provide this opportunity for us. Yeah. I was I think I was 13 when I was for the first time on a plane, and that was a big deal back mm-hmm. back in the day in Latvia. It was still a big deal when you can go on a holiday abroad. So, uh, but once I started traveling, I started seeing different cultures, seeing different yeah. ways. I got really curious. Like, oh my God, people live in completely different ways, mm-hmm. and I was still kind of in this small town, small country, small mindset. So, I do remember being around 16 years old and having a conversation with my father, I want to live abroad and I want it as soon as possible. And I really have to send all gratitude to him. Uh, He was like, okay, we'll make it happen. So he uh, really encouraged me to study English, to um, study anything I was curious about, Mm-hmm. and to apply for universities in London, which then became my dream to live in a big city, completely yeah. different <laughs> from uh, where I grew up. Uh, so, yeah, by the age of 18, I applied and I got accepted in university in London. And then I moved by myself when I was 18 to the big city, to the big smoke. Wow, what a gift your dad offered you at, such a, at the age of 16. That's a beautiful uh, gift that a parent can offer their child the ability to um, go and learn um, whatever you are um, awakened to, study it, pick that up and grow. That's a beautiful thing. So here you are. That's a, a gutsy move as well to come into a place by yourself. And so talk to me. You have landed big city. You're looking around. And you are in school. How did that affect you, the individual, being from a small town and walking into a big place? And uh, what did it do to you, the individual? Okay. The first uh, thing on my to-do list was like, okay, how do I fit in? Yeah. So how do I belong now? <laughs> so still still in the same mindset. So yeah. um and it's interesting because I, I was in a very multicultural university, uh, very diverse. And of course, I, uh, as a young kid still, um, I started looking for people who 
are similar to me in order to fit in and to form groups. And again, very, yeah. very lucky to have built lifelong friendships uh, during my university years. And uh, throughout the three years, I, I studied so much and I learned so much and I graduated with a first class degree. So in the UK, we have um, class, like degree class system. Yeah. Uh, so still with, with the same... Um, drive to succeed uh, uh, did really really well and had again very very um educational but also social years of uh, in university um and um i really remember them very fondly i spent also a year in netherlands where i met even more people and managed to build even stronger connections so again that was the part of my life where i really noticed the flow so actually having learned to do really well yet belong this was an atomic combination of two Mm -hmm. things that if you are ready to conform they're gonna get you where you think you want to get which which is still within that box that i mentioned just maybe uh, slightly um if there was a hierarchy with good marks and a big group of friends then i felt like i was doing really well I know as uh, on the onset of our conversation before um, we went live, we were talking about, uh, I mentioned that they program you and I to be normal. And uh, that's one of the states that I totally, I, I can't relate. I, I, my inside just starts um, uh, dancing because I, I, I hate the terminology because um, it is built on such control. It is, you can't, um, we have to keep our uh, feet and hands within, I call it the invisible fence that society has um, erected to keep you and I in the corral, if you will, so that we can, we don't step o- over there because all the bad boys and bad girls hang out on that side and you don't want to be a bad girl and a bad guy. So, you need to be normal. So here you are. I want you to introduce us to when you begin to, because this traveling will begin to affect you at some point. <laughs> because when you are exposed to culture and other people's belief system, it does something to you. Talk to us about as you are beginning and you talked about your, your college being multicultural as well. With your interaction with all these different uh, people, and um, at what point did I say to people that that spiritual aspect of uh, living began to awake in your life? Are, are you beginning to start getting aware that life is a little more than just, um, as we talked about, beers on the weekend and partying and stuff yeah. like that? Talk to me about some of that uh, thread. Yeah, I wish it happened around that time, but in reality, <laughs> um, uh, it happened at the age of 28. So mm-hmm. until then, I was still living pretty much on autopilot and fitting the norm. Uh, and I use quotation marks here and just yeah. not really standing out. It did educate me a lot in terms of cultural differences, uh, women's rights, how in Latvia it's still rather backwards in terms of uh, the women uh, women's uh, place in society. So I got educated a lot and like, People can dif- uh, live in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. So my uh, that part of my twenties was uh, was valuable in other ways. However, spirituality didn't come into my life until the age of twenty eight, and really seeing a, a completely different perspective. And um, that happened after my um, six year relationship with my ex-partner collapsed very suddenly. So as part of fitting the norm, I also met someone when I was 21. We fell in love. We uh, bought a house, then a bigger house, and then we got engaged, and then we got married. And the, the basically two days after we got married, when we went on our honeymoon, I found out that he's in a different relationship with someone else. So I discovered that when I was on my honeymoon and it really crushed me and it, my, my whole life collapsed, my whole mm-hmm. life of ticking boxes, doing well, fitting the norm, doing the right thing, being good, um, yeah, just following, uh, following the path. 
everything collapsed. So from with my luggage from that honeymoon, I had to come back home to home that was no longer mine because we started splitting it immediately and the rest of our assets. My all groups of friends that we built together by that time, they um, they started breaking up. Uh, I started questioning myself where at which point did I start feeling that something is off, but I didn't acknowledge that. And that was the first question, which really put me on the path of discovery. At which point did I already know, but I chose not to know, because sometimes it's easier not to know that something is off than actually address it and deal with it, because something will change and something will shift, and your life as you know it might not be the same tomorrow. So this was what put me pain, pain, pain that I didn't know before, no longer having everything in order, no longer having everything organized and having this uh, vision that I build up what life should look like, everything went. And at that point, I, that that's the point where the question, why, how did I miss it? What's the point of this lesson started to come up? And it didn't leave uh, until I actually started to address it. Let me ask you a question. At what point did you not, because um, I know the, the signs are there. And I have this thesis that I've been, everyone that, I, I, that are close to me, I would always ask them this question. Because I find that when, in my personal life, when I look back as to when I really went through some dark times was because of a relationship. But the relationship, usually, uh, when I look back, it was there were signs that I noticed, but I talked myself into believing that what I wanted was more important than the signs that I was getting. Um, what was your signs when you were there? Because we do, um, I remember uh, the girl that I was with, she was beautiful. I was like, wow, she loved the same music. I love sushi. She loved sushi. I went through the list convincing myself because I believe that is our inner man, our spirit man is telling us this journey is going to be a tough one if you choose to go on it. Talk to us, if you will, to some of those uh, red signs, uh, flashing red um, signs that you had that you kind of just talked yourself out of. Yes. Uh, so when we started dating, we were very connected and there was definitely, um, it was a beautiful relationship to start with. However, mm -hmm. in the last year, actually, even um, when I got, when I was, when he proposed, mm -hmm. um, there was an element that it should be the happiest day of my life, but yeah. It just felt all right on to the next thing. So it's yeah. another box to take. So, and I remember us going on this honeymoon trip and thinking, why am I not, why am I'm not really present with it? And mm. I'm thinking, I'm excited about the honeymoon we're going to go to in a year's time about the wedding, who's going to come. But I'm not, I didn't take it in. And that was first thing that then actually stayed with me for the rest of the year while I was planning the wedding. And wow. then I think our relationship, actually, it felt like we were growing apart. We were both really tra traveling a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, we were, we were really on different pages, but we didn't take time to meet each other again. We yeah. were just going ahead with the plan, with the next thing that we need to do. Um, and there were other things uh, more in our communication that started to alert me. So um, really this feeling of not relating authentically to one another. I didn't have the language nor communication yeah, to skills explain. to address it. Yeah, to mm -hmm. address it then. Because even later on, I realized we never argued. There was It wasn't that the number of arguments grew. We didn't argue. But if we didn't argue, it means we didn't communicate. That was yeah. another red flag that I chose to ignore. But really, underneath it all, there was intuitive knowing that something was off. 
more important than anything else. There were signs, there were visible signs that I can now go back and this was off, this was wrong, this was wrong. But at that point, I wasn't able to, but there was something very intuitive. My inner wisdom was trying to wake me up and I wasn't ready because as, as you say, we choose not to know. We know, we know what yeah. needs to be addressed, but it's uncomfortable because yeah. something will go, something might break. So we decide not to touch it because we already know it's fragile. Yeah, that fantasy that we have. I think the fantasy is this. We all want to be connected to that right person. And we believe in the uh, that vision that we have in our head as to the relationship that we truly want and when we are in that relationship, we cling on to it, we hold on to it because we we have this vision that we are looking at. But as um, uh, my mother would say to me, <laughs> um, uh, sometimes you don't uh, offer your swines to your your pearls to swines. But um, here you are; you have this um, internal. Um, uh, guidance that is is trying to make you, wake you up and you negate to um, listen to it when you found that out and your world crashed and you began to now um, uh, began to I guess uh, live in the pain if you will a little so that you can identify what is going on how did I get here and so forth uh, talk to us as to how and how did you take that first step to begin to walk? Uh, I know there's lots of pain, lots of tears, all of those things, judgment upon yourself. How did you manage yourself and what were those steps that you began to take to go, okay, let me start walking? Yes, um, you're absolutely right. It was a complete crash of my ego ideal of yeah. the vision that I created. It's just, it's also created at some point we want it dearly and then we might not even want it, but it's still the vision that we cling on to. It's mm -hmm. this ideal. We know something is off, but it still looks like the thing we wanted. So we go ahead with it. And then when it crashed, when it collapsed, first step was survival mode, complete survival mode. I didn't even acknowledge, I didn't even take time to feel what I was feeling. I was so no. crushed that instead of actually, let me sit with it, I didn't have the tools back then. So mm -hmm. I went into complete survival mode of task list. And that thing that I'm familiar with, what's the thing that I need to do next? What boxes do I need to take? And, um, I've shared this before with my friends that I had, I actually had project breakup spreadsheet, uh, splitting assets, calculating costs. Um, then I needed to move. And it was a spreadsheet with all the things I needed to do. Another another familiar uh, construct of uh, just things I need to do not to let myself feel. And that, that pretty much describes my personality in a nutshell at that point of <laughs> what kind of person I was, that there was no time. But then I thought, okay, what's another thing that I need to do is to put therapy on the list. So I started getting therapy and that really, really helped. Asking for support in that time is so important. And where I come from, there is still stigma about getting therapy. It, but, oh, then something is really, really off. Now I really believe that it really is a helpful tool for everyone. But at that point, I... I contemplated, I was, oh, maybe people will look at me in a certain way if I start getting therapy. And then I just knew that I'm out of my depth here. I don't have the tools. So, yeah, survival first, then support. And not, the next thing, I discovered yoga. It was the mm -hmm. first time when I went on holiday on my own in my life and I ended up where there was yoga, which was not the aim of that holiday. But every day I would turn up to the mat and I just noticed stillness of my mind mm -hmm. in those points when my body is moving. And that moment really took me by surprise because I realized that all of this noise that my mind is creating I'm creating what my own suffering. And in the beginning, these were glimpses of that stillness. It maybe yeah. would be a second, but in that second, I was there. I was on, on that mat 
And I realized this is something special. This is not just a stretch. There's there's something more in this movement that I haven't been able to achieve in the last months of my own pain and suffering. And I started to get curious. So when I got back from holiday, I enrolled in a yoga studio. So I started studying yogic wisdom a bit more. Then I would start searching. And I, at that point, I did not know what I was searching for. I would go to cacao ceremonies. I would go to a gong bath. And my friends in London were like, good for you, but mm-hmm. we don't get this. So, mm-hmm. But I just, I just really knew that there is something. You know, when this community comes together, there is something. And I don't know what it is. And I yeah. don't want to call it anything. I didn't call it spirituality. I call it mambo jumbo. Uh, <laughs> I call it, I'm going to go to my mambo jumbo thing and it helps me and stop questioning me. So I started to do all of these. At that point, I would call them woo woo things off with yeah. the fairies. And my friends would know it's like, Where, what are you up to today? I'm like, I'm off with my fairies today. And I would just immerse myself in this community. In I would go to static dances and I would not really even want to explain to my friends what they were and what we do because it all seems really strange. And Having heard my story, I did not want to look weird. I didn't yeah. want to be misunderstood. I would just kind of make fun of it. But really, every time I would step onto my mat into a static uh, dance floor, I would feel something, but I would not think. I would just feel and I would be there and I would be present. And that's what probably started. This is where the shift started to happen. And I started to read secretly Power of Now and all these Deepak Chopra books and <laughs> everything else. Uh, but I didn't have much, many people to discuss it with at that point. So it was my little secret um, yeah. endeavor. And I, I would call myself spiritually closeted um, until a certain point. But that is powerful, though. I mean... Um... How you get there, uh, the fact that you got there is more important than how you got there. Uh, and I know some of the woo-woo stuff, um, but when you get into to the yoga space and even therapy, these are tools that um, we can utilize to begin to uh, do the investigation. And that's what a therapist does, help you to do the, the investigation as to to uncover if you will, those things that are hidden due to busyness, uh, due to uh, some of us, our personality, and the fact that you're not trained to deal with that. But when you walk into the yoga space, that is a different place because what it does to you there, it causes you to quiet the mind. And you are brought into, uh, those teachers will begin to tell you to, um, to imagine things, quiet your mind, breathe, um, bring the breath into the situation. And I tell people the breath is that bridge between the uh, crazy world and the supernatural. And as you begin to take that breath and um, exhale, it begins to move you and shift your location as to where you are. So here you're going to all the woo-woo classes and sneaking out by yourself, and um, but you are beginning to notice something. As you began to notice that change and seeing it, and um, because you're sneaking out to maintain it, so you notice something happening to you. How did that started to uh, the causation effect with that um, interaction? How did it begin to affect you? as an individual, what type of things were beginning to happen while you were doing this stuff in secret, as you say? Yeah, I started to notice the power of thought and lack of it. So Mm -hmm. like not that, but emptying the mind and moving through things. And whenever anything that would trigger me would happen. I started to notice there is awareness. Oh, okay, this is triggering me because I started to get to know myself. So I started getting curious more about what else is there if I can now be more forgiving and accepting and really um, notice things and observe things as opposed to judge them. It's already helping me little by little. So what else is there? So I started getting more curious about myself and mm-hmm. who am I and why am I 
why am I acting the way I am? And what else is possible with the power of the mind? Because I started to notice when I managed to move through my thoughts and quieten mm -hmm. them, there is this state of bliss and pure pleasure and uh, complete presence that actually is so, so um, ecstatic that mm -hmm. why don't I strive to be in that place more often? In parallel, I was still working um, my nine to five, or actually in my case, it was seven to eight or seven to nine because mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, it was um, financial services in London. So money never sleeps. It was a bank <laughs> that I worked for. So yeah, but there was there was definitely more um, more awareness of myself outside of. Uh, outside of my work office. And um, also I noticed that there is what yoga and all of these modalities that I started to pick up have taught me that as we move on our mat from one posture to another, from one asana to another, we move in life in a similar way that nothing lasts forever. So I started to understand that even though right now it hurts, tomorrow is another season of life, and tomorrow I might feel different. So I started to approach everything that I was going through as a cycle. And that gave me a lot more ease when I was, um, when I was handling things that might, I have, might have found difficult. However, I did find myself in a place where at some point I was in my life and I did see that I'm forcing things that mm. are not flowing my work, my um, structure in London, um, life in London in general, the way we socialize in London, everything felt forced. Everything started to feel like effort. And there is this concept in yoga culture, which is called Sampega, which is this state of disillusionment with reality and yeah. state of um, shock, as to what the life, the mundane life is and misunderstanding. So I started getting these glimpses on my way in the tube to, to work, looking around in a crowded tube. And I started seeing all these people on their phones or rushing and gray and happy. And I was, this cannot be my life. This, this mm -hmm. cannot, I, I was shocked that this is where it has come to. But again, everyone is doing it. So everything is fine. So I'm the one who is not, quotation marks, normal, I should just really push through. But I really realized at one point that I couldn't push through anymore. And yeah. really, this, this state is a bit of an awakening. It is the state of awareness that there is life outside of this, and it's much better on the other side. Yeah, that awakening, uh, as we call it, um, it does many things. You can't you, everything else changes. You cannot fit back into the mold that once was. Um, it becomes um, agitative to your spirit and to your being, and, and it makes you uncomfortable to uh, to be able to sit down within it. Um, and it, trust me, I know exactly how that feels. It's it's just your your perception of life and everything else changes and begins to change. And you see that that uh, blindness that everyone is in, uh, you really can see it. It's, it really becomes something else when you get to that place. As you begin to incorporate all of these different modalities in your life, and as you begin to study, I saw, well, I remember reading one of the uh, things where you study the I Ching and and all of the Kabbalah and different systems and so forth, uh, the quantum physics. I know I, I had studied much of that, the Vedas, all these books that um, you look and as you become um, adventurous, as you become a detective to uh, find out more curious, you use the word curiosity, um, and you begin to uh, take some of these things out. I want you to tell me, um, uh, some of those uh, things that you had to overcome, some of those fears, uh, monsters, if you will, those thoughts that we allow to to uh, grow and being in that traumatic situation with what happened um, on your wedding day of all days, um, how did you begin to 
accept this 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 woman? How did you begin to love her? What were some of those thoughts? Did you have to learn how to um, to move aside to not uh, give him permission anymore to come into your life? Those thoughts, as you mentioned, what were some of those that you had to overcome? The biggest lesson was to really accept myself, to meet myself where I am with all my and also and all of my in-betweens that um, if I'm true to myself, I will not be judged. And if I'm judged, those people do not have to stay in my life. Mm-hmm. I, as you heard my story, I had this massive fear of being judged or being seen as weird or misunderstood. But really, when I discovered specifically human design, um, that's a tool that I mostly work with now, it really put a perspective on everything that I'm actually ashamed about. These are my gifts. These are my unique skills. And they make me in who I am. And by using them and sharing them with the world, I'm in my in my flow. I'm in my alignment. And I need to res- stop resisting that. And I still need to allow myself to share and to really become who I am by um, by stepping into my power. So I started, I, I studied human design and I started actually offering workshop sessions and I started working with it, but I was still afraid to tell my circle back home that that's what yeah I'm because doing. you're I, you're wooing you remember <laughs> yes exactly i'm the one now off with the face now i'm the strange one so uh that was this is where i really came out of my spiritual closet because i started i moved to mexico i sold my flat to so that that state of disillusionment was it shook me up to my core so much that i sold my flat i quit my job i packed my things in storage and i moved away Mm-hmm. And I moved to, uh, at first, I traveled a little bit, but then I ended up in Mexico. And here, uh, community is a lot more supportive of, it's a perfect playground to try anything. And people are really, yeah. really curious and want to learn. So I started offering and sharing my gifts. And you said something in the beginning of um, of our conversation that uh, our gifts will be the vehicle to provide for ourselves. And I really started seeing it here, but just by sharing what helped me, um, I started to really see this abundance of new opportunities coming and they were really financially lucrative and I I loved sharing them and I was getting paid for it. And that was something that didn't really compute that that was possible. It never does. Never does. Yeah. And then it just starts happening and, yeah, and in human design, we really look into how to best use your energy, what you're here to bring, what you're very susceptible to receive. It's it's a combination of many different um, ancient wisdoms, so Kabbalah, I Ching, uh, also quantum yeah. physics, chakra system. But really what it gives is a body graph of awareness of you. So it shows mm-hmm. you you might be susceptible to take other people's emotions or your empath. Uh, watch out for that. Your energy fluctuates, so maybe you need longer pe- periods of rest. You're not meant to work nine to five. Maybe your unique gift is correction, so what systems can you improve? And when I received my reading of my human design chart, it just validated everything that I was feeling before. And mm-hmm. now I had this tool to use to really experiment with, and what would it feel like if I lived life in my alignment? What would it feel like if I actually followed my strategy and uh, the way to make decisions from my intuition as opposed to my mind? How do I quiet my mind more so that I hear my intuition more? So I started experimenting with that. That led me to sharing it. That led me to my business. And everything just started flowing again. So I work a lot with this energy of flowing versus forcing. It still Mm -hmm. works. It's still sometimes hard, but things start to flow if you yeah. are in your alignment, universe will give you more opportunities that are aligned and more more opportunities to express yourself if you are doing what you are good at and what are your gifts, because it will want you to share them. I, I mention that because I believe every single person on this planet is supposed to be where you're at. And let me explain. Um, 
the wisdom are, is that the principles or the tools are out there. You talk about the I Ching, and, uh, which is um, this book, and the Vedas, and, and uh, all of the different tools that you utilize, um, quantum physics, all of these tools, and uh, the Kabbalah, uh, all of these things, these wisdoms, have been out there for a long, long time. Each and every one of us, I believe, have to go through our journey, and we are all learning and pulling from those wisdom. But the most beautiful thing of it all is that each and every one of our journey, we take out a different piece of each and one of those things, and we come out with us. And I believe that the, the whole picture of it all the, the wisdom are all there. It's big enough for so many billion people that are on this planet for each one of us to go through it. And each one of us will come out with a different aspect of it, and it will be us. And through the conversation and sharing, and once we begin to serve from us and serve people, there's this beautiful connection that uh, should take place as you call it, the community, where this exchange of the knowledge from my point of view, from your point of view, from your revelation, and we are creating this most beautiful tapestry of wisdom and knowledge that we all can partake of and feed each other and have a wonderful time. But we are all, there's a great deal of us on this planet that is not in love with themselves. Because if they were in love with themselves, they would never treat you and I with hatred. And so when I see someone behaving in that uh, lesser state, I know that they are hurting deep down. They don't know who they are. And that's when I, as a, an individual that have knowledge... I can love them regardless of their madness because I've been exposed. I recognize that they are beautiful. They are one of a kind, just like I am. And so my response to them is never to be um, an agitator, but one to say to them, wow, how are you? You are beautiful. And however they respond by that. That is on them. And so uh, we are to grow together. And here is this beautiful, powerful woman that has gone through all of this stuff, traumatic situation on uh, the time of your wedding, which should have been your time of rejoicing and newness. Here you were dealt with these this card, this um, information that changed your life and brought you to this beautiful place that you sit today, seeing who you are, the greatness within you, the power that is you, the journey that became you. So here you are, you've done this. And I, it's fascinating to me that you had the courage for someone who was hiding <laughs> to step out <laughs> and, and walk in this, um, this newness of you. Um, it is courageous. Talk to me about that because it is, a lot of people are afraid to make that step, but that's the step that is necessary to, in order to experience the freedom that is housed within the obedience of that uh, call, um, where we have to relinquish um, our, I guess, the normal uh, mentality, relinquish it, and jump into that pool of uh, this new world that is calling you. Talk to me about that conversation that you had with yourself, because I know it's not an easy conversation, but you still have to make it. How did you do it? It was a series of conversations. <laughs> One wouldn't have been enough. Yes, it's it's hard. And I really want to acknowledge that, that it's really, really hard for anyone who feels that they might be finding themselves in a place where they hear the call, but they cannot answer it just yet. Mm -hmm. Because um, 
because of fears, of fear of being seen, fear of being misunderstood. I know it where I've been there. Um, I think um, after a series of conversations with myself, had a strong word with myself, what I did realize is that there will be people with kindred minds that need to hear what you have to say. And those people mm -hmm. will get it. There will be people who will hear it and they won't get it, but they love you. So they will never judge. Mm -hmm. There will be people who don't love you and will judge. But why do they matter? Really asking myself, why do these people matter? And who are these voices? Who are these voices that I associate that with? And then if there are particular people in life, this is practical advice, if there are particular people in life whose judgment you're afraid of, that you feel like you're going to be judged and they might that they might not be coming from a place of life, really question whether that's a relationship that still needs to be nurtured in your life and that's opinion that you need to take into account or there is a boundary that needs to be set. Um, but in reality... If you come from a place of love and you surround yourself with people who come from the same place, no matter whether they understand it or not, they will not judge. So, uh, and sharing, when the call comes, when the call comes, and if it's a strong call, it will not go away. You cannot silence it. it you, can, you can silence it, but you cannot silence it and be satisfied in your life and be happy. Yeah. So there is an element that it might not be the time, and that's okay. There is no judgment for that, but it will not go away. And the biggest thing underneath it all, I realized that it was my own judgment of myself. Mm -hmm. That it was my own idea that I did not fit in into my ego ideal being this corporate successful business lady in London clicking my heels uh, around town and being married in a big house. My life looks very, very different now. And I did not want to answer that call because then it was a deeper letting go of that ideal that I realized that I probably will never want that back. And if I do, great. I will salute it. But at this point, I just feel that this is my place. This is where I am now. And I had to stop judging myself for not fitting my own fake box that I created. Anyone that has been listening to this conversation, I want you guys to get in touch with this powerful human being that has been through some dark times because I imagine that was a dark road to walk. But it was and is a rewarding walk as you can listen and hear. I want you to get in touch with her. I have probed her about a couple of things because I wanted you and those that are listening that are in a situation like she was, where those signs are there. Uh, those that are even in profession, where those signs are there. Those that are in a relationship, where those signs are there. I want you to get in touch with her because she has uh, knowledge about those signs, and she has some answers about those signs and how to walk yourself through and how you can get to the other side where she is. And that side, and I know a lot of you guys are concerned about it, how am I going to pay my bills? But trust me, it has already been designed this way, that your gift that is residing within you will be that source that will be able to cause your um, security by your finances to come in because it is designed that way, trust me. And she will help you to uncover some of those by the questions she asks. Why? Because she's been there. And because she's been there, she knows the questions to ask you to get the results to get you out of where you are right now. Because let me tell you something, you're there because you don't know what to ask yourself but you have a guide in her and get in touch with her. I will also provide some of those things and uh, uh, by which you can reach her. And I want to thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment and sharing your beautiful journey. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Ken. It was a pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. See, it wasn't that everyone who's listening to this podcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes 
your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.